and Evelyn O'Rourke is here with Drive Time Study Hub. Thank you so much, Sarah. And you're all very welcome to this second instalment of the Study Hub this evening, where we are supporting and helping students who are heading into, I think the phrase I'm using is unique exam season of 2021. And on the show this evening, we're going to be talking brain food for students. And I'm wondering if chocolate is allowed the odd time. And while we've been mainly focusing on you, the students so far, we are really aware that this is a tough time for parents and for families as they try and support you through this time. And Aileen Hickey from Parent Line and an exam parent herself too, will be talking about the advice that they can share from their experience and then it's time to hit the books. Tonight we start with English Paper 1 so get your questions into us now. Email studyhub at rt.ie but while all of that is very worthwhile stuff we are really excited about our big burning question tonight where we are asking you in our very very non-scientific poll do you listen to music while you are studying yes or no? Back in my day it was a bit of this. I still know every word. The soundtrack to my leaving search was U2's The Joshua Tree. So tonight we're asking you, do you listen to music when you're studying? You can text us Y for yes and N for no and text us now to 51551. And while you're thinking about that, I know many of you who listened yesterday appreciated the support and advice of students who dealt with the leaving cert last year. And there's more where that came from. So let's bring you some more of their insights now. Hi, guys. My name is Barry Laffey. I'm from the leaving cert class of 2020. And I mean, if anyone knows what this year's students are going through, it's myself and my peers. I'm not going to lie, it was a difficult time and we're seeing the same problems this year that we did last year. And that's a lack of communication from government. Do you know, it's a stressful enough time without even throwing COVID into the mix. The best advice that I could possibly give is just to study, study, study. Chip away at your work, hand in your homework, hand in your assignments, and you're going to be prepared for whatever happens. My name is Mary and one piece of advice I'd give to the class of 2021 who are sitting there leaving cert and mocks this year is to try your best to stay motivated. It is important to keep a routine. If you're finding it hard, something that helped me to pull through was taking a few breaks in between study and doing something that I loved, like making myself a cup of tea, watching an episode of my favourite TV show, watching some TikToks or even going for a walk. With the right amount of motivation, you can do anything. Hi, so my name is Kian. I was part of the infamous class of 2020, which managed to miss their leaving cert and my advice for anyone would be to assume that your leaving cert is definitely going ahead and to be doing as well as you possibly can in any tests exams assignments anything your teachers are giving you now over this online school period because you want to leave your teachers with no doubt in their mind that you would have done brilliantly in the leaving cert if it doesn't actually go ahead my name is rachel and one piece of advice that i would give to the class of 2021 that I think would have helped me last year would be don't put any stress on yourself when it's not needed. If your course is 400 points, then just aim for the 400 points. Also, I know everyone says it, but there's always more than one path to take to get to college. Once you're in the course, it doesn't matter how you got there. No one in your course cares how many points you got, and no one in your course cares how you got into the course. We're all behind you. Good luck. 
Oh, good luck good luck there from the class of 2020 to the class of 2021 and thanks again to them for their help. Now as I said we're making a special effort here to support you the students preparing for state exams but we know that parents and teachers also have concerns and questions and believe me those of us with young people in school are just as concerned about what's happening and the quality of education as those of you sat doing your homework right now. And one of the organisations supporting parents is Parentline and their chief executive is Aileen Hickey and Aileen is on the line now. Good to talk to you, Aileen. And you, Evelyn. How are you? Well, listen, you're here with your parent line hat on, Aileen, but I gather you also have a teenage crew of your own. So at the moment, you've got distance learning happening in your house and a Leaving Cert student and you're working professionally as well with all this. Tell us a little bit about how the last couple of weeks have been for you personally first. It's tough. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not one to kind of underplay it. Uh, there's, there's seven of us here who are all working now I suppose the good thing is that we're all working from home I mean I you know I, I there are a lot of families who aren't working from home and I think that can be even more difficult for families who are no longer working because of uh, of COVID but uh, we're all here working and schooling and colleging from home so there's seven of us kind of um you know I mean some of us are in kind of cubby holes at this stage you know hiding out and um you know you know I I could be doing my work while emptying the dishwasher at the same time because there's a lot of multitasking going on that oh the I moment. know that feeling but the phone in the hand yeah, yeah exactly. can you iron but, with one uh, hand Aileen this is the question well, actually, I, I don't actually iron at all. Um, I actually, everyone in this house says they have more respect for their clothes than let me iron them. So <laughs> you've given um, up on it. That, that makes life much easier for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't do any ironing. I believe in a good fold. Take them out hot and fold them. I think that works for me. Listen, that's already a life-changing piece of tip or a tip there from you for me this evening. <laughs> Let's put that. Parent- well, actually, I'll give you a second life-saving tip. Is half the time these days I actually just shake them out. I don't even wash them. I just fold them because I don't think anyone notices these days. You're literally well, you actually wash the clothes or not. So. <laughs> You're literally airing your dirty linen in public. I love it. Let's let's put that parent line hat back on again and just, you know, remind us a little bit about the work of the organization and who answers the calls to parent line, Aileen. Yeah, so parent line is a national helpline, first of all. Um, we offer support and information and guidance to parents on, on all aspects of being a parent and of children of all ages. It's all done in a confidential and a non-judgmental manner. Uh, the calls are taken by uh, approximately 40 volunteers they're they are a fabulous cohort of people um all of whom i you know i know personally uh, men and women of all ages um they've all been extensively trained in listening and counseling skills uh, they're they're i suppose they're they're really there to connect with the caller to make the caller feel heard and understood um and right through the lockdown, you know, right from uh, March, from when, when the initial lockdown started in March, we've had no um, drop in our service level, as in our volunteers kicked straight in and were there um, to take the calls at every stage. And that would include right through Christmas. You know, we, we haven't let our service level drop at any stage. And that's down to the volunteers. And what's so interesting about that, Aileen, is that you are talking about the fact that you've such experienced volunteers and yet all this is new to us. And you're saying there has been an obvious increase in the number of education related calls that your service is getting. You might tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to say that um, our, it's not just the education calls. It, the helpline calls increased by 40 percent uh, in 2020 as compared to 2019. So and that was, you know, calls, um, you know, reason parents access the, the helpline for all sorts of reasons from anxiety, school refusal, anger, aggression, teenage issues, loneliness and isolation, which was a big issue, sexuality, learning difficulties, self-harm, um, you know, so the, the full gamut of uh 
you know, issues that affect children and the reasons why why, why parents were bringing us. But I suppose the two biggest areas that we saw the, the biggest spikes um, in were school and work-related issues and also in school refusal. So in terms of actually just school and work-related issues, um, why par- the parents rang the helpline about our calls in that in that particular area increased by about 66% um, and in terms of school refusal the calls increased by 33%. Now I suppose the school refusal thing is interesting in that you know considering the schools weren't even open between March and June uh, it was interesting that there was such a high statistic for school refusal. Um, and Aileen and what advice can you give somebody who's dealing with a 16 or 17 year old up in their room who is absolutely refusing to engage with schooling and education? I mean it's a really tough challenge for people. It is. Uh, and again, you know, the, the, you, you could say in many ways there isn't a lot you can do. I mean, it, it literally is all about communication. It's all about liaising with the school. Um, you know, it's all about little steps. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, right, even on, on Monday morning when school went remote, uh, we took a lot of calls on Monday morning from parents with school refusal. Now, you might think school refusal would be a funny thing to say, considering there are actually no physical schools open, but school refusal doesn't have to be about a physical school. These were parents who were having difficulty getting their you know, big 17-year-old sons or their 15, 16-year-old daughters out of bed to access the remote learning on Monday morning. So that in itself and what, also forms school refusal. And what do your volunteers uh, you know, say? You know, what is the advice in that situation? Uh, uh, well, we don't actually offer advice. We offer support and, okay. and, you know, information and guidance. So basically, you know, a, a lot of it, again, is just about, you know, communication, you know, little steps, try and get them to talk, try and, you know, if you can get them out of their room in the first place, it's a start. You know, you mightn't get them to the school gates or you mightn't get them to the computer, but, you know, it, it's all little steps. And, you know, there there are very good services in place by the school and the Department of Education you know, in terms of educational liaison officers and all the rest of it. So there are a lot of helps out there if you go looking for them. And there are a lot of ways that it can be done. Also, most schools and um, most districts have, you know, like a school refusal pack in place, which helps parents to deal with that particular issue and gives guidelines. And finally, then you have a message to parents. And that's, you know, that reminder, you know, they have to take care of themselves in the middle of all this. And I suppose that's something Mm. that you're very strong with on Parentline when people ring you. Yeah, I mean, it is because, you know, essentially parent and we don't deal with children, you know, we deal with parents, but, you know, the parents have to support themselves if they're going to support their children. You know, it's, it's that whole, you know, that whole sitting on the aeroplane thing, you know, if you don't put the mask on your own face, you you know, you can't. You can't help your child if you're passed out in the airplane seat, you know, if you haven't helped yourself first. So it is all about supporting yourself first. And, you know, and what we say to parents is, you know, particularly around now, you know, try and adjust your expectations, try your expectations of productivity. That's your own productivity. That's their productivity. You know, don't expect yourself to be an expert in all school subjects because you're not and you won't be. Um, and, you know, there, there, I mean, there are a lot of things parents can do to help their own well-being. Like, you know, one of the big things that I do personally every day and that I all that I, I would always suggest to any parent is try and do something for yourself, you know, that you like doing every day because, you know, that gives you the headspace to be able to deal with them. But, you know, but just in, in terms of, of, of supporting the children, as well, you know, we, we we say to parents, you know, you have to have a huge understanding of what they are going through because children and students don't think of this as a long extended holiday. I mean, you know, they, they definitely consider this as wasted time, time they could be spending with their friends and in school and socialising. And they're very confused and they're very unsure about both the present and the future. And that's not just exam children. That's, you know, children of all ages, you know, in both the primary and secondary school, school level. So you, you need to listen to them and you need to acknowledge and not dismiss their concerns 
concerns because you know it's perfectly natural for them to be worried in these uncertain times. So you have sure. to keep the flow of, of communication going as best you can. Well, Aileen Hickey, thank you so much for that. You can contact uh, Aileen and her team on Parentline on 1890 927 277. And it's also worth checking out all their tips and resources online at parentline.ie. And I'm feeling we'll be talking to Aileen again on the series. But while parents are busy thinking about that Parentline number for students looking to create and stick to new study plans or for anyone really trying to develop new routines and habits, a lot of it comes down to motivation, energy. And of course, that can be affected by your diet. I'm joined by Ryan Mangan. He's a food blogger, former science teacher, and currently a post graduate medical student, a general overachiever, I think, and he's also studying from home. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your blog and was it, you know, was it experience from your college days that got you thinking about the impact that food was having on your own studies? Hi there, Evelyn. Firstly, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, as you mentioned, I myself, in a way, I'm kind of in this boat as well. And I can fully empathise with Leaving Cert students as it is a very tough challenging time. Um, So my food blog, as you mentioned, it kind of stemmed from my studies. Uh, It was kind of an accountability partner for me in a way to just kind of keep on track because I think the best way to take on exams is with routine. And apart from your study schedule, your exercise routine, I think what you eat and your diet routine, super important too. And so that's essentially what led me to food blog in the first place. And it has, you know, as you mentioned, I've been in education so long uh, now that, you know, I do, I have kind of developed this own tactic to help myself. And so some tips that I would have, I suppose, um, for any Leaving Cert students now, I know it's a bit different uh, studying at home. I myself, uh, I'm included in this and, you know, I can completely, as I said, just get this. It's so tough. And, you know, we really feel it, like we really feel uh, for people studying at home now. Yeah, but so some ways, tips, anyway, that yeah, I... hit me with them. Yeah, so uh, basically I would say if you're not into cooking and if it's not something that you would have done much in the past or you could love it, either way, I think you plan your meals week by week, nothing more than a week because you don't want anything too overwhelming. And where and are we on just... junk food, Ryan? Because, I mean, let's be honest, with students, they live in a, often on a diet of cramming and junk food. What's your advice around that? Yes, you've hit the nail on the head there. So we do tend to um, eat junk food, okay, especially under stressful levels. And so, okay, this is natural. We're all human here. If we're going to do that, we're going to do that uh, around stressful exam times. But in terms of studying, in terms of setting yourself up for this leave insert, um, and if you have months or weeks to study, I think set a good routine. And uh, in terms of junk foods, the reason why they would not be ideal for your day-to-day studying is because they would be considered high GI foods. So when you say junk foods, you're talking about chocolate, uh, cereal bars with, with a lot of sugar in them, processed uh Uh, you know, breads, all of that kind of thing. They're high GI, which means that, and I bet a lot of us are familiar with this, when you eat those kind of foods, you set off a cascade of sugar spikes. So we're all kind of familiar with that. uh, A lot of energy at the beginning, followed by an hour later, you want to crash, you're tired. So um, look for substitutes. Uh, On my blog, I would make, uh, I think the most popular thing actually that people love making for my blog are the three ingredient oat cookies. So that would be oats mixed with banana, dark chocolate, bake it in the oven for 15 minutes and I anyway and a lot of people who've made them just say they really satisfy me and they would be considered low GI so it's a slow release energy which helps you study helps you concentrate helps you avoid that bad crash afterwards 
Well, Ryan, they also sound tasty, which is kind of nice because I saw that, you know, you're, you're mad for the kale. But I think the oat cookie sounded a tiny bit more attractive to students. But listen, thanks a <laughs> for all that advice. We'll be back to you again. And for more of Ryan's recipes, you can take a look at thefoodanatomist.com. Now, as I promised yesterday, almost every episode of Study Hub will include a segment entirely dedicated to leaving certs preparing for their state exams. We're starting today where the exam season usually begins. And that's with English Paper 1. And on the line now is Connor Murphy. Connor's an English teacher at Skibbereen Community College and Chair of the National Organisation of Teachers of English. Connor, good evening to you. Good evening, Evelyn. Thanks for having me on. You're very well. Skibbereen Community School. I better correct that, otherwise I'll be in trouble. You will. You won't be allowed back in. Come here, let's let's get on with this because there's a lot to talk about with Paper 1. There's a feeling sometimes that Paper 1's easier than Paper 2 because it doesn't have that weight of the literature about it. Tell me what you think people should be thinking about as they're preparing for Paper 1 and the kind of syllabus they need to be thinking about. Well, paper one uh, is connected to paper two in a lot of ways. You, you, you learn in paper one about AS the, under the five genres. So it comes under five headings. The first two are aesthetic writing, which is uh, writing, um, descriptive writing, and narrative writing, which is writing a short, uh, short stories. And they are connected, obviously, with paper two, with the poetry and the novels. So aesthetic and narrative, the first two, and then persuasive information and argument are the other three. And persuasive, again, can crop up in in uh, the, the, not the texts that you study, the plays often have a persuasive speech. So if you, if the students kind of concentrate on those five headings, aesthetic, narrative, persuasive, information and argument, and started from that point uh, before moving on. OK, well, students, you know, doing comprehension exercises and writing essays, they're doing that from very on in school life. But where, if you're trying to judge where you're at yourself now in January, where should their abilities ideally be now at this point of the Leaving Cert preparation? Well, the comprehension is only one aspect uh, of paper one. So you have comprehension and you've got two kind of more personal or creative writing exercises to do. So up to this point, the students have been learning the basics of, of writing and, and the mechanics of it, etc. So by this stage, after Christmas in sixth year, what they should be moving towards is finding their own personal voice. And um, that doesn't mean that they're, they're writing beautiful flowery language, but that means they're writing well and writing for their own purposes and getting their own personal voice out. So that's avoiding uh, learning off essays and that's avoiding all these great notes that you say you have to write a particular way or a particular style, I suppose is what I mean, and finding uh, your own style uh, with a purpose and a structure, obviously. Um, so they should be, to do that is, is obviously difficult in the present circumstances, but they should be uh, planning and, and preparing and, and maybe even sending their teachers some some um, samples of their writing as they study over the next few weeks. I was really interested that you talk about, you know, people should listen to speeches, you know, go to YouTube, get your Micheál Martin speech, even say today, or Donald Trump speeches, read newspapers, let the conversation that's happening in publicly inform your writing. Oh, that's that's the that's the key. So I mean, like the the students will they'll have all the stuff. There's loads of stuff on the internet if they want to go to the internet. There's loads of stuff there, and there's loads of exam papers they can look over, like sample answers and all that kind of stuff. Which to me would sounds horrendously boring. Whereas <laughs> all they really have to do is kind of click on the news and, and listen to Michal Martin's speech even today. You know, uh, which uh, unfortunately there's loads. He's giving loads of speeches recently, but. You, you watch the speech and you try and work out what he's doing. Why is he repeating phrases? Why is he structuring it, the speech in that particular way? So you're analysing it. And then you can go from Michal Martin to somebody like Donald Trump and you can see what the hell is he doing? Is he achieving the same? Is he achieving something different? Why does he keep repeating things? Um, is his 
is his speech structured? And equally, you can go online and look up uh, articles on things you're interested in. And again, you're analysing it. How does this work? So I mean, English is a great subject for that. You can you're basically you can look up things that you were like and you were interested in, and then you're analysing how they're how they're how they've achieved that through with all the tools that you've been given over the last few years by your teachers and by your own study. You know. And remind us then of the mark allocations for this paper. It's broken down into two sections. Okay, so the, the, there's there's two sections to the actual paper. The first section has two parts to it. There's an A, which is your basic comprehension. Uh, you answer three questions. Um, based on a text and there's a B which is um, a shorter piece of, of writing uh, like a speech or a letter yeah, letters are still there unfortunately should be an email but anyway and then the second section is the 100 mark essay and the second section is the big one because that's 25% of your overall exam and, this and that's is a the great bit, opportunity This is the bit that people are daunted by because there's always that debate do you go non-fiction do you go fiction do you, know, do you go the short story and people panic at the idea of having to commit I think yeah, you, when, I always tell the students, you go in with two things that you think you can do. So you go in, because there's personal writing, there's short stories, there's opinion pieces, there's articles. There's seven different sections that they can pick from. So you go in thinking, right, I'm going to write a short story, but don't go in with just that. Also go into the backup, like a persuasive speech, where you can basically have a kind of a struct, very structured uh, and um, speech as a backup plan. Because when they go in there, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to panic. I won't say what I say to my students, but they'll, 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 they'll sit there and they'll be panicking <laughs> for a moment. I think we all know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all, we all know the feeling and we all know the, the, the sweat, <laughs> etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go in and you read them all. And you go, oh, darn, there's no, there's no, you don't say darn, no, but oh, darn, there's no short story that I like. Well, that's fine. You read it and you take the one and you take another one that you like. And you do that first and then you go back to the exam paper proper. You do your A, your B. And by the time you come to the, the uh, essay again, more than likely your, your creative juices will have started flowing and maybe you will be able to write that short story or maybe you've f- found a hook into the personal essay. Um, so it's always a good idea to kind of read those at the beginning and let the, your subconscious work away on them for a little bit before you go back and let the panic kind of die down because it is a big thing. But the, I love the essay and I love that it's 25% because people are always saying that the exam isn't creative and doesn't allow students to you know, have their voices heard. And that's where that's heard, you know, in a very structured uh, Pers- uh, uh, persuasive or rather purposeful manner, um, that's where they they can express themselves freely. And I think it's I think it's a great opportunity. And I just wish they had more time to write and create in that section because they've only got about an hour and ten minutes, which is uh, a little bit mad. But we're not here to discuss that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I just think they should em- embrace that. And in terms of somebody being at home, how do you practice for that? Because you know we're all good at knowing the textbook stuff and learning that off, but to practice for that essay question what finally quickly is your advice there well you go back over and you you, you plan them okay you, you plan all you you go back over exam papers and you plan all seven just to see if you can and that'll give you a bit of confidence as well but even before that when you're studying you, you start every single study session with a blank sheet of paper and if you're going to say i'm going to study persuasive writing you blank sheet of paper nothing else in front of you write down 16 persuasive techniques and then just you know what you know and you know and you, you go back and you find out what you don't know uh, and then then you you plan a speech and you can even at this stage uh, January 6th year um, after Christmas even at this stage you can write out a speech and send it to your teacher or somebody to get it to have it looked over so you can still write you can still actually practice maybe not a full speech maybe a paragraph or two maybe a hook at the introduction or whatever and a conclusion but get somebody to look at it the, the big thing is you, you're still writing but you need somebody to look at it and to help you with that you need feedback 
Well, thank you so much for that information there, Connor. I'm sure that we'll have you back again. We've plenty of time to go through all these papers, but that's our study hub for today. Keep your messages coming in to us. Next week, we will forge ahead with English Paper 2 and more of that great advice that people have been sharing so generously with us. And you can email us anytime at studyhub at rt.ie. Um, very exciting news on our poll. At this point, we're saying that 65% of people have texted in to say yes, they study with music. 35% to say no. We'll have to drill down into that. And you can listen back to the show on the RT Radio Player or search for Drive Time Study Hub in your podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode. 